Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. Might not be as enthusiastic today in my voice. We have a pretty serious topic. We're on part three of uh, Melanie's testimony, and Melanie has a background of sexual abuse, and she was once LDS, the abuser was LDS held uh, priesthood positions. And we've heard this story before. Yeah. Melanie was in kind of no man's land for a number of years, agnostic, um, maybe even atheist, uh, and then found <laughs> the true Jesus of the Bible and eventually found healing over this particular issue. Yeah. So... Um, we need to jump. Oh, and I'm Lynn Wilder, and <laughs> this is... I'm Joel Grote. I was just waiting for you to introduce yourself. <laughs> Sorry. Probably most people know who we are by now, but if you're new to the podcast, yeah. Yeah. So, ta- so talk to me more about the healing. We talked in episode two a little bit about the root mm-hmm. of, of this abuse for you, um, having to do with the feelings of abandonment, mm-hmm. right? And who's going to love me, right? I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm tainted. I'm right. damaged goods. Mm-hmm. I'm a mistaker. Gum that's I didn't been know, chewed yeah. in Mormonism, I didn't know right? I was a sinner yet. But, oh, yeah, I was ABC gum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was no... Yeah. But you didn't know you were a sinner yet. That's no, a really fascinating... No, I was a mistaker. <laughs> okay. I made mistakes. So this particular program is called Mending the Soul. Yes. Mending the Soul was the first of two programs that I went through. Um, so this one was really pivotal, and we talked about it in the last episode, about my walk with God. And this brought me closer to God than I think anything ever could because that was my broken place. And I needed to offer that broken place up to him. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the steps to do so in a safe environment with safe people that was based on his word. Yes. And so that's where the healing came from. It was all of those things together. Um, God created us to be in community and he works through community, but it has to be safe community. It's not just anybody. It's right. safe people that have wisdom and biblical knowledge Yes. To help walk you through that. So what were some of those healing kind of experiences that had you do? And then was there any particular scripture that spoke to you through the healing process? He spoke through the whole thing because each um, each work, uh, what is it called? Like homework that you do, each is a different thing and it takes you through different exercises. And he spoke to me through each different thing. So whatever... Um, abuse or whatever thing we're looking at if we're looking at physical abuse or we're talking about this there would be things that tied into that and it would just he would speak through the words the bible verses that we had for that week just miraculously were what i needed to hear yes and then you're like ah 
like he just speaks to you through his word and that's why it's so important to be in the bible because it's one of the ways that he he loves on you and he he can heal you but also gives you insight right mm-hmm. about who you are and yes uh, maybe where your false thinking is yes yes reveals to you um there's some things that you have that i had to look at that i didn't want to look at you know because i had been so focused on what happened to me and not what any of my own sin and I didn't see it as sin I saw it as reactional things to what had happened to me it was probably justified because of what you've been through yep yes and are there any of those you'd be willing to go to to give an example or is that so because I had been abused I actually abused someone else very young not knowing not knowing what it was or anything I remember very Mm -hmm. distinctly that we had a court case. We had to go to court for something when I was probably, it had to be like six or seven. And it was something that had happened at the babysitters. I think the little girl complained of something. Oh, goodness. And so okay. that's where it went. But again, I actually yeah. tried to pull up the case. I worked for an attorney a few years ago and I was like, can you find anything on this? As I was working through this, I'm all, can you find like something? She's right. like, it would have been sealed because you're a minor. You can't access anything. Because I was trying to be like, did this actually happen? Like, what did they say I did, you know? Right. But it just, it was a closed door, and I don't feel God wanted me to go through that. But it was right. enough to know oh. I had perpetrated on someone else. Hmm. And yeah. so that was difficult to look at, too, and, you know, to be like, God, what do I do with this, you know? Mm-hmm. like, What do you do with that? You offer it up to him. There's nothing more I can do. I don't know who this girl is or who, you know, you give it to God and And is there forgiveness? Yes. I God has Yes. 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 You're trying to help me here. Yes. 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 Here's the thing, like seventy times seven. Yes. 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 But you have to offer it up. Right. Like he's not. What does that mean? What does that mean to a non believer? You have to be willing to talk to him about it. Like, yes, he knows what you're thinking. Yes, he knows what you're going through. But it's part of that taking that step out and having that alone time and, and just speaking to him and giving it to him. And maybe you're more comfortable writing it out for a while. I wrote mm-hmm. to God in my journal. My prayers were all written and I yeah. just gave it to him. And that was my way of getting it out. But it has to, you know, be from the heart. He knows your heart. So it's the idea that you take ownership. I, yeah. I did this. I am guilty of this. God, I don't have any recourse but to bring it to you. And right. then you get unmerited forgiveness and acceptance and love. Right. Mm. But and you can't experience guilt, that. Go, the guilt goes away when you do that. The yes. guilt and the shame are like gone. Yes. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. What else I got? You know? Yeah. Like, I like authenticity. Yes. Oh my gosh, wait. I just give it to you. And then like the, the feelings and the shame and all that stuff just like lift away. And I was like, where has this been? Because this is what I was looking for. When I, if you go all the way back to episode one, like I was looking for purpose and meaning in God and and relationship. And I didn't know it was relationship at the time. But when you had someone in your life as a father figure that was not biblical in any means whatsoever, was almost like to the evil side, then your vision of God or what you believe about God becomes really distorted because he's supposed to be a father, but you haven't known any. Good, right. solid, loving, protective fathers. And I was going right. to say, so was this the course? Because I heard you talking, I think we were off camera, but you were saying something about how your whole view of who God was was so twisted mm. because of what you'd suffered that you had to 
have God re-imaged properly yes. for you to even begin to have a relationship well, with Well, and then you've got the whole religion of Mormonism tied up too. Right. Having a false God right. image. Right. So what was that like? Because I'm thinking there's a lot of people that are there that they're like, yeah, I don't trust God. God's good? No way. Not with my background. And so the, what they're thinking about God really isn't based on truth. So how did that work for well, you? Well, there's a lot that goes into that to unpack it. But I think the hardest thing for me was whenever anyone would talk about, like, God being a father, I couldn't re- Like, maybe some people can relate to that. Yeah. I had not had that father figure in my life. Right. And so, and the ones that had been in my life as father figures abused me. So for me to put God, a father, God is the father in the father figure, I had such a hard time with that because I didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah. I didn't want to go anywhere near that. I didn't want to worship that or talk to that or open up to the uh, father. Like, I didn't want anything to do with that. And um, even in the Christian church, I think there's a lot of work to be done there as far as there's a lot of people that feel that way and it's not, that have that same... Yes. um, experience Pain. with their own yes. Right, mm-hmm. yes. background. I remember going to a women's event at a Christian, it was a Christian's women's event, and it was on um, fatherhood, and I had a, it was a spoken word, and I just had such a problem with it. Like, it made me angry. And some random woman, this is God, you guys, this is what he does, came over and said, I feel like I need to pray for you. And well. I was not the person to let people pray over me, by the way, because that's an embarrassing <laughs> at that point. And so I just let her because I felt too rude to say no. (laughs) God knows. The background. Yeah. And so um, I let her pray over me. And she had read, I hadn't read a ton of the Bible then, but she had read, like, prayed into verses about, you know, those that cause little children to stumble might as well have millstones drop, like, around their neck and be dropped to the bottom of the sea. And I was like, Jesus himself said. Right. And I'm all... I didn't tell her anything. Like, I didn't say, when she didn't ask me what my problem was, she didn't ask me anything. She literally came over and said, can I pray for you? And she prayed all of that. And then when she got done, she's like, that's never happened to me before. The words came so clearly. I I don't even know if I know that verse. And I was just like bawling. And then I just left because I needed to hear that. And it came directly from God through through another believer. Mm -hmm. Yes. That had never happened in the Mormon (laughs) church. Well, no, the Bible actually goes through ways that God can speak to us, and that's one of them, through other believers. Yes, and yeah. he has ministered through me, through others, this entire time. God, again, like I said, works through community. He works through other believers. He works th- through us sharing our stories and our pain like this, so yes. that he can speak through our our pain. There's a verse that talks about that, that we go through these things and then we're healed from them so that we can go speak into others right. yes. that God is the healer and he can do it to you too. I think yes. it's 2 Corinthians chapter 1. God yeah. comforts us in all of our struggles yes. and all of our pains so that we in turn can share that comfort with others. If that's not right, we'll find the right reference to put in the show notes. Yes. But yes, exactly. Yes. So what did that process look like? I want to camp on that for just a moment. Let's, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because absolutely. even yeah. in those words, he's telling you that... He is going to heal you. Yes. And then we have to be faithful enough to share so he can heal the next person. And it just continues. Right. So God calls this, right, once you have faith in Christ and you receive eternal life, 
That's justification. You can stand in front of God and Jesus says, that girl's mine. She's justified. She's saved. After justification, there comes a sanctification process. So the Holy Ghost comes in you and lives in you when you give your life to Jesus. He doesn't come and go whether you're perfect or not. He stays in you. And a sanctification happens. And, And that includes healing, teaching, moving you a certain direction, learning how to have a relationship with the with the true God of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is what you're talking about. For what? For no reason so that you can get better and feel mm-hmm. better about yourself? No. So that when God gives you this incredible love and this forgiveness, you can turn around and give it to others that they might know Jesus too. Right. And this is the good news. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's That's... the best news. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And only in that process does true healing come. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think one of the things that really helped me, um, because coming out of the the LDS church, was we were not taught there how to have a relationship with God. We were taught how to have other people tell us what God was saying to us or what our calling was or where, what we should do about right. everything. But we weren't taught how to have a relationship with God ourselves. And so part of these exercises was really helpful because it would prompt you to, okay, you're going to read this and then we want you to journal about it. And then we want you to talk to God about it. And that's where I learned how to talk to God and then like, listen and he'll talk back. And I was like, what, you know, he'll and talk to me directly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's where he starts revealing things and you're like, yeah. this is awesome because <laughs> right. it's for you and he knows you and he's going to communicate with you in a way that only you are going to understand. And you're going to know it's him because nobody right. else knew that. Like right. you only thought it in your head or you only asked it in your head. Right. But again, yeah. you have to be to the point where you're willing to trust your insecurity, your abandonment, all your garbage to this God Mm -hmm. and trust that he's going to take it in very loving, gentle hands and draw you in. And I don't know if it was with you or somebody else, we were talking about the difference between performance-based religion, the God of performance-based religion and the God of the Bible is in performance-based religion, anytime you bring anything negative to you, he scolds you. Mm. He swats you up, he smacks you, he tells you to do better, try harder, work, this is all your fault. Holy you Spirit's going away from you. Yeah, you're going to get, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pulling my love and my acceptance and my approval of you don't shape up. Mm-hmm. That's the God of performance-based religion. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible, you bring him that stuff and he mm-hmm. goes, come here, kid. I love you so much. I'm crazy about you. Climb yeah. up in my lap. Tell me about it. Let's work Experience this. my love. Yeah, let mm-hmm. me comfort you. And, but you've got to trust that God will really do that for you. But he started doing it for me, and then I learned to trust him, too. I mean, he showed up in really profound ways, like you were saying mm-hmm. that that woman came and prayed over you and had the exact answer. It was, yeah, it was always small things like that because I was so doubting everything, especially early on. I didn't know what was real. I'd been fed a bunch of stuff, and it, I, it fell flat. And I got hurt really bad emotionally. And, you know, that that in itself was traumatic for me. Yes. And so it was baby steps, but he knows that. And so it's a little bit at a time. 
it's, you know, me going to a book, what I thought was a book study, and it's a Bible study, and I'm like, crap, I already said yes. <laughs> I want to be in no stinking Bible study. You know, it was little things like that. Like, God knows what I need to get there, and he will, you know, use that to catch my attention. And, you know, and then as that relationship grows, I just learn to trust him more and more. I had lived my life on my own, doing it my way for all of those years. And it had ended up with my daughter cutting me, pretty much being me being an alcoholic on my second marriage, lost my job, lost my car, almost lost my house. Like that's where me doing life on myself had ended up. Mm-hmm. And I had nothing else to lose but to put my trust in this God of the Bible I wasn't allowed to read in hotel rooms. Like, that's all I had left. Whatever was in that book that nobody wanted me to read. So I had to find it. What's in there? Is this something? One of the early on times, God did one of those freaky things with me. I'm at at BYU, and God is planting this question in my head, in in my head. I'm trying to avoid it. I don't want to deal with this thing, right? A few minutes later, I walk into a Walmart, and I go through the line, and the clerk turns to me and asks me, exact same question. Oh, my heart. That God had been stirring in me (laughs) the last... 45 and it freaked me out i'm looking at this guy thinking are you an angel like (laughs) only god would know that right that i've just been struggling with this in the last 45 minutes i've been ignoring this and then god just hits me right in the face with it it's like okay this is god and it's something i have to deal with and figure out the answer to right now but Thank you, Lord. You are real and you are freaking me out. Yes. yes. We call that God crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm on. Sometimes he just shows off, too. I will let you know. Sometimes he's just showing off. Like, he'll yes. line up stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So were there... Yeah, somebody said to me once um, that he goes, Oh, you think that family's never leaving Mormon as much what I can do? You know, like... So... Give me some of those experiences that happened throughout the healing. Can oh my you think gosh, of there's else? so many. Here, I can give you one tip that someone gave me very early on, and I should have brought it and I didn't today. But they told me to start writing down my prayers, mm. like yes. just yes. the little, just yes. bullet point yes. things that I had asked for. I had to do that. And in the then beginning. when they come, when they happen, when they're answered, go back and put when they're answered. And what happens is your faith is going to grow real fast. Because only you and God knew about those things. And when he starts answering them, you're like, okay, I can ask for bigger things. I can, I, you know, I can start, you know, doing the scary prayers about changing myself and changing my heart. And, you know, I call them the scary prayers because they're, you yes. know, the big ones. Mm-hmm. And dealing with some of these issues. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so it just, those are just the little stepping stones to faith. But God's done so many things he's asked me to do things i always know it's him when i'm like i don't want to have anything to do with that i've prayed over people in public i will tell you one story we call it the bathroom story all right um and this was when i was going through not meaning the soul but um it was another story the study i did after which is called breaking free i also recommend that one for anyone that's been through abuse um, and that's an e- it's a lighter one to, to go through, but it's Beth Moore. Oh, Beth mm-hmm. Moore, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of that study, I was still drinking at this point, and it was my girlfriend's birthday. We took a limo out to the, the fancy town Scottsdale, and uh, was drinking. And I was 
I wouldn't say I was super drunk, but I was pretty... Mm-hmm. I'd had some, some drinks. And so we go to the bathroom, and uh, I'm going to the bathroom, and I can hear in the stall. I have really good hearing, but, you know, it, it, she was right next to me in the, like, the bigger stall. And uh, I can hear her on the phone. I could hear a woman on the phone, and she was in a lot of distress. And so I'm just sitting there, and God tells me in my spirit, you need to pray for her. And so I'm like, okay, and I'm like, dear Jesus, and he stops me, and he's all, you need to pray for her. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, how is this going to work? She's in the stall. I'm in the stall. There's people in here. So I'm, like, pretty much instantly sober because I'm like, this is, like, and he will drive you nuts. Like, there's no, you just do it. Like, there's no whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the girls are waiting for me. I'm like, you can just go. I'm just going to be a minute. And so she's in the stall, like, on the phone. So I'm, like, tapping on the stall. I'm like, excuse me. And she's like, there's somebody in here. And I'm like, and so finally she's like, just a minute to whoever she's on the phone with. And she opens the door, and I just shove that door open. I come in, and I close it. So she's now trapped in there with me, the crazy Jesus freak. And I'm like... I don't know how to tell you this, and I never do this, but God's telling me that I need to pray for you, and so I need to pray for you. And I don't know if she's going to punch me. I don't know what's going to happen at this (laughs) point, because I just busted in her stall. She closes her little flip phone, sticks it in her little bra thing she had on, and sticks her hands out. And I was like, oh, okay. So I start praying. I'm like, Father God, I'm all, I just lift up, and I had to stop, because I I never done this before. I didn't ask her name. (laughs) So she gives me her name. And then I just prayed what God told me that, you know, that he had, he hears her, he sees her, he knows what she's going through, and he is there waiting for her to come back to him. Like she will, he will always be waiting for her and she needs to put her faith in him. And I was like, I hope that, you know, I rounded it up and I was like, I hope that makes any sense to you. She is bawling. Of course. (laughs) And then she opens up to me. That is exactly what I needed to hear. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, I'm out, you know, because I'm like, just want to get out of there. Just a conduit, not fast not as my I can. Because I'm mortified. I just pounced on this yeah. woman in a public restroom. And so, you know, I come out, she comes out. Some other lady's like, are you okay? And she's like, I am now. And she like fixes her little outfit. And I was like, I'm out of there. So I left. And then I was like, what just happened? So my girlfriend's like, you need to journal that. So I put it in my journal, but we call it the bathroom story. But that was the first time God really asked me to do, like spoke to me very clearly. And I was not getting out of that bathroom. Mm. And the Bible says that he searches the whole world to look for those who who will do what he needs done. And he saw me in that bathroom and was like, it's you, girl. You're on. God ranges to and fro around the earth looking for those Mm -hmm. who are, I think, wholeheartedly devoted to him or something like that. his word. Show notes. That's his word. Yeah, look for that one in the show notes. That's a great verse. Yeah. The eyes of the Lord range to and fro about the earth. So that day it was me in the bathroom. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And yet those kind of voices or impressions can come from a false source too, right? Right. So in Mormonism, we thought every little spiritual experience like that certainly came from the Lord God, right? Hmm. But now that we're Christian, the Bible says to test the spirits, right? Right. So that... If it, if it lines up with what the Bible teaches and the Bible says and the way that God does something, then step into it. Right. And if it doesn't, you might need to be suspect, right? Right. Mm-hmm. 
after I left Mormonism, I went back through a bunch of weird spiritual experiences that I'd had, right, mm. in Mormonism, that then I'm like, oh, I don't think that came from the God. There's just no way, right? That's the opposite of what the Bible says. Mm. Right. So stepping into Christianity, you have a true God, and certainly there's this wonderful emotional subjective component in the relationship, but you have something you can test it against right. that's logical and reasonable. Right. Yeah, because yeah. we're fond of saying God. God speaks to us through his word, through his spirit, and through the people of God. So the word of God, spirit of God, people of God, but always in that order. So anything you hear from the people of God, you have to run through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Mm. Anything you're hearing from the Spirit of God, you must run through the Word of God to make sure either what you're going to say or like Lynn was saying, how you're led. Mm. And that's our safeguard. And according right. to Pastor Blackaby, also your circumstances, which is also a way that God can speak to you according to the Bible. Right. Yes. Right. Like, it, yeah. it's nothing, it doesn't even hold the weight. It was an empty shell compared to the relationship I have with God now. And yeah. I would walk through fire to share that. Would you please speak to those who may have come from the place that you had, um, that they might have hope through Christ? Yeah. The biggest thing that I can say is to find safe biblical people. Because not everyone is going to be able... There's so many people out there that can, can do further damage if they're not rooted in Christ and what the, the plan Christ has for you. And, and the healing Christ has for you. So finding those safe people and safe in environments and biblically based programs such as Mending the Soul and Breaking Free, where they can help walk you alongside you through that healing. Right. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. This can't be easy to talk about, and yet no. it's a, quite a problem. And yet you've done it with such grace. Well, thank you for being an example of what it means to experience a grace that heals. Yeah and experience healing at very, very deep levels. Um, the joy in you mm. just radiates, mm. and it's so cool to see. It's such a testimony of God's grace. And that's what we want for everybody who's listening to us, or who mm. sees this, that this is available to you. Wherever you are, whatever you need, Jesus is there and he's enough. Mm. Only, only through the true God. Yes. Amen. Grace and peace until next time. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilders book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.